0: several years ago my father in the ministry told me when he talked to you and do like this write this in the front of your bible and he had a long bony finger he said write this in the front of your bible and he said faith isn't faith until it's all you've got and when we were singing that last song there all i want is you and all i need is you There's a lot of us in here who are facing situations and circumstances, we're facing uh, events happening in our world that none of us could be prepared for educationally, uh, financially, nothing. And maybe you're facing a circumstance that there is no amount of resource here on this earth or anything that you could put your physical hands on that would change your situation your situation is exactly what Kenneth was talking about is you need a miracle and I want to reiterate to you write this on your heart faith isn't faith until it's all you've got and if all you've got is Jesus you have more than enough you always have more than enough he's so sweet and he's just so good So whatever your worry, I just want to take a moment for you to capture whatever the thought is, whatever it is that you're going through, whatever you're facing. And I want you to speak over it. And I invite you, whether it's yelling, (laughs) Rhett gives a good yell. (laughs) Or whether it's a whisper, to just declare over that right now. All I need is you. All I need is you. Just let that settle in. (laughs) Really, it is so true. All we need is you, God. All we need is you, God.
1: You know, there's a... uh, I guess a feeling in some people's hearts that says that, you know, God can only work on one person at a time. God, you must be too busy to work on that's not true. God is an all-encompassing God. He is an all. Um, the the name El Shaddai for God means means the the breasty one, and it means He's got nourishment for many. All at the same time, He can feed us what we need. Miracles, signs, and wonders all the time. You're not limited to time. You're not limited to a, a limited God. God's unlimited. It's time to get unlimited today.
0: Amen.
1: Time to get unlimited. It's time to digress yourself and understand that He is exalted. He is exalted. And that means that you have His ear anytime you want. You're not bothering him because that's what he's here for. He created you to be with him. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen.
1: Amen.
0: Amen. 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 Father, we thank you that you always have time for your kids. You're such a good God and you're such an able father. So we thank you for your presence here today. We thank you I, from... God, you say that you know the end from the beginning. And so I thank you for what you're doing at the end of the service today and that we've entered into your plan. We've entered into what you have set for us today as an adventure. And God, we thank you for being here with us, that you're here and that you see each person individually. And we thank you for loving on us and for giving us time to love on you and we praise you for that in jesus name amen amen if you would take a moment and turn around and just greet somebody around you there's so many new faces in our church we welcome you our facebook family online thank you. can we if we can put the books here and i'll take this yeah thank you riley Perfect. Thank you, sir. We'll try not to. Oh, here, this is Darren's. Thanks. Well, good morning. Good morning to our Facebook family and those that will be watching online later on. Can we just give them a welcome? Let them know that we're glad they're here, that they're part of what we're doing today and... uh, even though they're not in the house that we enjoy having them here. So it is good to be in church. You know, I'll tell you something that uh, 2020 taught me. Lots, lots of things. We won't take time to go over all of it, right? Um, Something that 2020 taught me was to not take things for granted that are very easy to take for granted, I'll try it over here. You guys, don't, uh, so that we don't take things for granted that are easy to take for granted. Right. You know? And so, having church is one of those. There's a church that I follow out in uh, California, and they are not meeting today. And I just want to take a moment because I don't know, this is just one church that I follow. And if you guys would, let us just pray. I want to pray for other churches. And Father, I pray for, I don't know, I'm emotional today, y'all. Y'all like got me during worship today. God, there are churches that are not able to meet today. And I pray for people who are still at home because they are not able to be in crowds for whatever reason that they are dealing with personally. And Father, I pray for churches all over and for people who are not able to gather to meet today. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would come and be their family today. That you would come into the room and be with them. And for church leaders who are struggling with how to handle what is going on. Father, I pray for your divine wisdom for them. How to follow after what you are doing. How to guard and protect their flock. And Father, I pray for support for them. Pray the words that people speak and not understanding or um, just in zeal. Sometimes people say things, God, that you would speak in a way that would bring support and strength to the spiritual leaders of our nation. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 <laughs> huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last week we started on a, on a little adventure together and I want to continue that adventure this week. Last week I talked about reigning in life and this is a section of scripture that I came across, uh, that really spoke to me when Riata, my daughter and I got to go on a road trip. We went on a girl's road trip all the way to the East coast. We went to, uh, Charleston and Savannah and uh, got to go to Nashville and just see some really cool stuff and we traveled in my little white Volkswagen bug and it was packed to the brim (laughs) for our adventure but I'm telling you when you drive a little Volkswagen we did the whole trip on a nickel so no I'm just joking (laughs) fuel does not cost much when you're driving which is a good thing right now amen um, so anyway, we went on a little adventure and in one of my morning, uh, readings, the scriptures, I was really, really, and I still am in Proverbs and Proverbs, the, w- the words that were sticking out to me were reigning in life. And God just kept me on that kept me on that. So I've been meditating on this for a few months now, and he just keeps speaking to me about it. And one scripture in particular was Proverbs 1.1, and of course, out of the Passion Translation. It says, Here are kingdom revelations, words to live by, and words of wisdom given to empower you to reign in life, written as Proverbs by Israel's King Solomon, David's son. And then going on in Proverbs in chapter 8 and verse 6, it says the meaning of life, or I'm sorry, the meaning of my words will release within you revelation for you to reign in life. And last week, what we talked about is that these, the book of Proverbs is primarily written by King Solomon, who was King David's son. So when these things were being written, what is happening is King David had raised Solomon in the royal palace and he had raised him uh, in the environment of being royalty, I want you to think of what it would be like to live in a palace with servants and people waiting on you and that your words, when you say something, people are, are sitting ready to hear what you're going to say to execute whatever comes out of your mouth. And this is the environment. This is the world that Solomon was raised in. So as Solomon is being raised up, his father, King David, is raising him with Wisdom to be able to live with that kind of authority and influence, and to be able to leverage that authority and influence. Not only for his benefit, but primarily for the benefit of the kingdom that he was going to be ruling and reigning over. So the whole book of Proverbs is filled with wisdom that is intended for those who are being raised in royalty. The Bible also says that you and I are a royal priesthood. So when we read the book of Proverbs, it is for you and I to take understanding the application in our lives that we are called by God. God to be royalty. Our father is the heavenly father. He is God. He is the creator. He is the supreme ruler. Jesus is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And he is the one who gives us his identity. He says, now we sit with him at the, that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the father and that you and I are in Christ. If you and I are in Christ, we are in rule and reign with him. Amen. So when we read these things and when we read about reigning in life, it's not just for our benefit and it's not essential that you and I learn to reign in life for our own life, for our own well-being, for our own path, but also for the benefit of everyone that God brings in contact with us, that he intends for our life to affect. Good job, Lynette. Let's keep going. Okay. (laughs) So last week, what we talked about was that we need to reign over our thoughts so that our thoughts don't reign over us. And I keep referring to last week because I'm just going to keep on going. If you didn't hear last week, I encourage you to go back and listen to that because it is a now word. It is a word that I believe that God is speaking for us right now, and it is very important. We talked about that the reason that it is important for us to reign over our thoughts because our future is either limited or advanced by the thoughts that we give place to in our mind. So we're going to continue on that same path today, and I want to start out by asking how many treasure hunters do we have in the room? Any, e- there's a few, okay. So those of you that are treasure hunters and a few of more of you may have heard, how many of you have ever heard of Finn's treasure? Okay, there's a few A few more hands up on that one. Those of you who are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. There was a gentleman named Forrest Finn who approximately a decade ago uh, he was a multi-millionaire and he wrote an autobiography and in his autobiography, he included a poem that was written in very cryptic language and what he was uh, putting out in this poem was that there was a treasure, a treasure that was hidden somewhere in the Rocky Mountains. From the poem you could take it to mean that the treasure was hidden anywhere from somewhere in New Mexico all the way up into Wyoming. So it was very wide open. It was, uh, uh, anyway, this poem gave people clues and people would try to figure out where this treasure was because it was also put out that Forrest Fenn had put this treasure somewhere in the wilderness for people to find that was worth over a million dollars. So it is estimated that approximately registered that over 350,000 people set out on adventures to try and find this treasure. And they based their course, their navigation on where they were going on this poem that Forrest Fenn had written. Well, the treasure had been hidden for over 10 years, and, like I say, lots and lots of people hunted for it. A friend of mine wanted to go uh, adventuring into the forest. She thought she knew where it was, and she was well, I'll just it's Sandy Trice that was here a few weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Sandy was convinced that she knew where the treasure was and she wanted to go hunting for that treasure. If y'all were not here for her, she is a firecracker and it would not surprise you at all that that is something that she would want to do. So anyway, back in the summer of 2020, a person found Forrest Finn's treasure And all that he would share was that it was hidden in the wilderness of Wyoming. He would not give the exact location because he did not want for the um, outdoor, the wilderness area to be compromised. And that was part of Finn's plan is that he wanted people, he was encouraging people to get out and to enjoy the adventure of going into uh, our great outdoors. And so that was his motivation in doing so. So anyway, back in 2020, the treasure was found and it is reported that the treasure consisted of gold coins, rare gems and uh, other precious metals and that it is estimated to be well worth over a million dollars. So the thing that is neat about that is that treasure hunting and all of the thousands of people that set out on this treasure hunt, it's very, very similar to our uh, our journey, our spiritual path as Christians. And the thing of it is is that our spiritual journey is like their adventure in that they set out on an adventure because this poem was giving them clues. It was giving them ideas of where to go. And just like those people were led by a poem on their adventure, as Christians, Christians are led by the Bible we set out on an adventure and we set our path and set our course according to what the word of God has to say to us, and we study the word, we get into the word in order to give us direction, and we set our compass, so to speak, by what the word of God has to say to us. Both of those, whether you're a treasure hunter or whether you're a Christian, you take an active role, you take an active part in your journey, in your direction, and where you set your uh, face to go, you take an active role in that. Um just like last week, we talked about uh, we talked about two people. There's lots of examples that we could go to, but in the scripture, we talked about the woman with the issue of blood that is, is described to us in the gospels. And what we learned about her is that she had been exiled and she was out of community for over 12 years. And she took an active role in saying, if I could just press to get to Jesus and touch the hem of his garment, I know that I will be made well. She had to be an active participant in what had been established for her in the healing that had been set out in the scriptures that had been prophesied of Jesus that through him healing would come that by his stripes that we would be healed she heard that but she had to activate something in order to press into that promise to get that to come to pass to see that in her life we also talked about the man the crippled man that was laying on a mat at the pool of Bethesda And when Jesus walked by that, he looked at the man and he said, do you want to be made well? And what he was saying to him is he's asking, can you think, can you imagine, and can you wish for something bigger than this map that you have been living on for 38 years, waiting for healing to come to your life? Are you willing to be an active participant in the promise that I put in front of you? So just the same as them, it hasn't changed. We still play an active role in our faith. Now let's not, I don't, just for the sake of being sure that everybody is hearing me, this, what I'm talking about being an active participant is not the same as works. The Bible tells us in Hebrews that we cease from our works and we enter into his rest. When I talk about being an active participant, I am not talking about works as earning what God has done for us, but I'm talking about being an active participant in faith, in knowing what God has done, that it's out there and I'm going to go find it. Amen? So you guys with me? So we're invited to be a participant in what heaven is doing. If you would... I'm going to read out of Matthew chapter seven, starting in verse seven in the New King James translation. Man, I tell you what, if you don't have the Bible app on your phone, I really encourage you to get that. You can highlight, you can uh, make notes, you can copy. If you don't bring your Physical, I, I'm old school, I like my physical paper, Bible, there's something about those pages, and all, I'm also a post-it note person, you can see all my, all my post-it notes, but it is so important, this is, this is a little public service announcement here, it is so important that you have the word for yourself. And whether your comfort and whether your connection is with that on your phone or whether it's with your actual physical Bible, I so, so encourage you to find where that is that you make that connection with the word for yourself. So Matthew chapter seven, starting in verse seven, this is out of the New King James. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Um, Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. Now, these are the words of Jesus. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, to his followers, and he's telling them to ask, to seek, and to knock. And he says, when you ask and seek and knock, that you will receive, that you will find and that there will be doors that are open to you that you are given the invitation to advance and to move forward in. But what he's saying to us is there is an active role that you play in our partnership. He's saying, My Father desires to be in partnership with you, and if you would ask, he will respond. If you will seek, you will find him. If you knock, he will open the door for you, but you come in through the door. So there is a there's the things that God is doing, but there is a part that we play in participating in what God is doing. And as we participate, in what God is doing, then we become a channel for God to bring on earth as it is in heaven. So he wants to partner with us in that and we're invited, we're invited into it. It's an open invitation, but you have a free will. Let's keep that in mind. God did not create us as robots. So it's your choice. It's your decision. It's your part to play as to whether you choose to engage, whether you choose to participate, and whether you choose to be in the game or sit in the sidelines. He gives us all that choice. We're invited to be active participants in bringing heaven to earth through not only the thoughts that we think, like we discussed last week, but also through the words that we speak. We reign over our thoughts so that we can reign with our words. God desires to partner with us so that we reign over our thoughts so that we reign with our words in partnership with him. What he says to us is that we cannot... Reign with our words until we become aware of reigning over our thoughts, because every word that comes out of your mouth, every word that is spoken out of your mouth is first spoken in your thoughts. So when we learn to reign over our thoughts, then we can begin to reign with our words. The same way when you go back in the book of Genesis and God spoke and it was, God spoke and it was, God spoke and it was, the same way that God created with his words, we create with our words. Because we are created in his likeness and in his image and we are put here to continue to rule and reign with him. This is why we must seek for his words as we would seek for a hidden treasure. It is our active part to seek, to seek him out as we would for treasure. The Bible teaches how important our words are. The Bible instructs us over and over and over again, how important and the weight that the words of your mouth carry. So I just want to ask you for just a moment, if you just think this morning, what what am I speaking? What are the things that are coming out of my mouth? And it can be things that are so simple and so little as when you make a mistake and you say, Oh, I'm so stupid. Or when someone cuts you off on the road, oh, raggata, fragata. It can be, this is, and and I don't want to be a, I don't, I don't want to get over into legalism, but I'm just trying to make you aware. I want you to be aware. My problems, my diagnosis, do you want it to be yours? What are you saying with your mouth? And here, here's the reason that I say that is because if we really, when we, let me ask you this, when you pray, do you desire for God to move on the words that you pray? Do you want him to answer your prayers? Okay. Well, God's like, okay, wait a minute. Wait, do you, okay. So, so do you, do you want me to move on this one when you're praying for, you know, peace in your household? Oh, but wait a minute. You just called your kids stupid. So which one do you want me to do? Our words carry so much weight and we cannot pick and choose which words we want God to give weight to. So if we want God to move on our words and if we want our words when you pray for someone or you praying in your own prayer time, if you want your words to have authority and carry weight, what's coming out of your mouth when you're not in your prayer closet? Because not only is God listening, but the enemy's listening too. And man, if you speak out of your mouth something, you know, okay, well, I'm just going to use this example. And I certainly am not picking on him. Um, I'll just say it this way. There's an individual that was in my life that uh, when we would go places, he would say, I never get, I never get waited on in restaurants, people always ignore me. Nobody ever waits on me in restaurants. I always get this. And I, you know, he was, it was almost comical to him. Well, he kept saying it and saying it and saying it. And as we would go and eat, I noticed he would not get waited on. His glass would be empty and nobody cared. He would not get a table. So let me tell you what he started doing. He started sending me to the hostess stand to ask for a table. And it is the funniest thing, I don't know, but I can tell you, God has blessed me with a favor whenever we go out to eat. Honestly, at some point, there was one time where I did, I was embarrassed. There was a whole lobby of people sitting and waiting. I went and put my name at the hostess stand. I went back to my group and she called our name. Like, I don't know why. I don't know why, but I always get really good service. I always get tables right away. It's just, it's funny when they tell you the wait time, my wait time is like less than half of that. I don't know why that's a thing, but it is. It's just something that and I can tell you one time it was used. God used it. We went somewhere with some people and uh, it was a ministry trip. And this individual really had a desire to eat at this restaurant. And we were told there's no way you can get in this. They're booked up. They're booked up for months. You cannot get into this place. And we thought, well, okay, we'll just walk around and look in the gift shop. Lo and behold, In just a few minutes, the lady at the hostess stand came to me, and she said, how many people are in your party? And I said, four. And she said, we just had a cancellation. Come with me. (laughs) Why? Because for the person that we were with, to her, she literally started crying. She was crying because we were going to get, it meant so much to her. And I felt like it was just God's way of saying, I just want you to know I know the desires of your heart, and I see you. So it's just fun stuff. So you got to watch your words. But I say all the time, I have favor when we go to restaurants. My family sends me to the hostess stand. They don't ever go to the hostess stand. (laughs) So anyway, it's just fun. It's fun to see what God will do with the words of your mouth when you start being aware of that. That's why we have to seek his word like we would seek for a hidden treasure. Our future is limited or advanced by the thoughts that we give place to because every word that we speak is preceded by the word spoken in our thoughts. The scripture tells us in Proverbs 18, out of the New King James, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. What we speak will bring life or it will bring death. Now, do you want to bring life to criticism? Do you want to bring life to strife and And, uh, you know, all of the chaos going on, we'll just keep talking about it, (laughs) breathing life to it. Or do you want to bring life to the things that God is doing? Do you want to bring life to healing? Do you want to bring life to joy? Do you want to bring life to peace? Keep speaking about it. Because God says this in Isaiah 55, starting in verse 10. He says, For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Verse 11. So shall my words be that goes forth from my mouth, says the Lord. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. God desires if we're created in his likeness and in his image, God desires that as his words would not return to him void, his desire and his design for us is that our words would not return to us void. So we need to be speaking what we want to bring a harvest in our life. Some, some of us are sitting in here right now, man, I pray on crop failure on all of that stuff that I spoke. (laughs) I've done that. I've prayed for crop failure on things that, that I've said, things that I've spoken out. I said, um, back in, I think it was December of 2019. I was praying about 2020. You guys remember all of the prophecies that came forth about 2020? Oh, it's the year of perfect vision. No one saw that coming. (laughs) No one saw that. (laughs) What the Lord spoke to me was not just about 2020, but he spoke to me about the whole decade. And beginning in 2020, what I believe the Lord spoke was that it began the decade of declaration. And what he meant by that was that he is in need and in desire of people who will partner with him in the declarations of their mouth because there is going to be a desperate need from God for his people to partner with him in what he's doing with the words of their mouth. There's a lot of partnership with uh, CNN and Fox, and ABC, Good Morning America, whatever news network you want to partner with. There's a lot of partnership in our words with all of those. There's a lot of talk about political things, a lot of talk of division of one side and another side. It is the decade of declaration and make no mistake that your words are being used by one side or another all the time. That's the power that we carry. That is what has been entrusted to us. God desires to create through our mouth. So what are we creating? I told this story before but uh it's, it's a while back we were driving toward Denver and uh we were driving what's what's that highway? Uh 85 so it's yeah I'm looking at him like read my mind babe read it read it <laughs> it's like what <laughs> We're driving up 85 and the reason I say that is you know it's a two lane this way and a two lane this way and We were driving uh, toward Denver, and a young man pulled out. What kind of car was that? A Dodge Challenger. Challenger. It was so new, it didn't even have plates on it. It had paper, paper tags on it. And he pulled out, and I don't remember exactly what he did, but, man, he stomped on it, and he got squirrely, like, right away. And he was not driving safely. <laughs> the words that came out of my mouth. I looked at him and he was, I don't know, probably in his early 20s, something like that. And I said, that is too much car for that boy. Well, he disappeared out of our sight because he was going that fast. And we come around a little corner around a curve and there's all of this dust flying up in the air. And I thought, well, there must be somebody out uh, plowing the field in a tractor. That's how much dust was out there. And as we come around, there was uh, probably about a mile of fence that was taken out. And there was that shiny red Dodge Challenger out there in the field turned upside down. And that boy was climbing out of the car. Darren looked at me and he pointed his finger at me. He said, you just said that. (laughs) I thought, oh my gosh. So just, just this past week, we were driving and somebody was on a motorcycle and they were driving out of control. And I've, the first thought that came to my mind was, that guy is out of control. And I remembered the red challenger and I said, Lord Jesus, guard him and protect him. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. So in 1 uh, Corinthians chapter 2, Starting in verse seven. And of course, I'm going to read this. I, I study, when I study, I go back and forth between the Passion Translation and the New King James. So that's why I jump back and forth. It just, uh, different translations speak differently. So, 1 uh, Corinthians chapter two, starting in verse seven, it says this Instead, we continually speak of this wonderful wisdom that comes from God, hidden before now in a mystery. It is his secret plan, designed before the ages to bring us into glory. None of the rulers of this present world order understood it, for if they had, they never would have crucified the Lord of shining glory. This is why the scripture says, Things never discovered or heard of before, things beyond our ability to imagine, these are the many things God has in store for all his lovers. But God now unveils these profound realities to us by the Spirit Yes, he has revealed to us his inmost heart and deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit who constantly explores all things. After all, who can really see into a person's heart and know his hidden impulses except that person's spirit? So it is with God, his thoughts and secrets are only fully understood by his spirit, the spirit of God. When I read this, there are certain words that stand out to me, the words of hidden mystery, the words glory, to unveil and to explore. That sounds a lot like a treasure hunt to me. That sounds like searching out, seeking, playing an active role in being a treasure hunter with God. Because, see, God has these hidden mysteries, hidden for us to find not from us God puts so many layers I've been reading the Bible how many how many years have we been reading the bible and every time we read it there's another layer it's because we're digging deeper for more treasure and every year we gain more experience we gain different uh, you know we go through different things in life so when you go back and read the same scripture the same scripture sh- Scripture speaks differently to you now because now you're coming from a different level of experience. So now the treasure speaks to you in a different way. But we continue to seek, we continue to ask, and we continue to knock because that is what reigning in life is about. This is a passage in Proverbs 25 in verse 2. There is a passage of Scripture that has been fascinating to me for quite some time. And it says, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings to search out a matter. Well, I started going on a little treasure hunt and I was digging into the scripture and it says to conceal, the glory of God to conceal. What that simply means is to hide. So he says, it's the glory of God to hide or to cover a matter. The word matter is speech or to speak. So he says, it's the glory of God to hide and to cover his speech and his words. But it's the glory of a king to search it out. To search means to investigate and to probe. So he's saying, it's the glory of God to cover up his words, to hide them. But the glory of kings who was the author of Proverbs. The most of Proverbs, the author was King Solomon. So it's being taught to Solomon that God has hidden certain things. He's hidden his words because in his words are deep and rich treasures. But it is the glory of you as a king to go and to press into, to dive into, to dig deeper and to go after the things that have been hidden, his words that have been hidden. Now, the interesting thing is, is that the word glory that is used here is the same word for both the glory of God to hide and to cover his words, but the same glory that is on God is the glory that is on a person who is digging after and who is searching out his word. Again, let me try over here. (laughs) The same glory, the word glory is a weightiness. It is a heaviness of splendor. The same weighty splendor that is on God in his words is on a person who is searching out and pressing for his word like a treasure. Amen, Amen. Yeah. Now, what's really, really cool, little treasure, if you go hunting, is that word that he says here, but is the glory of kings to search out a matter. That word, again, to search out, we said it's to press into, to dig. If you dig a little deeper, what that word means is to taste. So what he's saying is it is the glory of kings To taste the word of God in their mouths. It's a glorious, weighty thing to speak what God is speaking. To taste his word. See, to taste something, you have to take it in. You have to, it's a personal experience. We know that with barbecue. One person will say this barbecue is good. That ain't good barbecue. This is a good barbecue over here. It's very subjective. It's very personal. You either do the dry rub or you like the sauce, right? Barbecue. You got to know good barbecue. The word of God, it's got to be personal. You got to take it in. You have to have a personal experience with the word of God to experience the taste of his word. See, the Bible also tells us in Proverbs and the Passion Translation, it says this, when you speak anointed words, we are speaking mouth to mouth. God spoke of Moses in the book of Exodus, and he said, with my servant Moses, I speak with him face to face. But the King James translation and the proper Hebrew translation of that is he said, when I speak with Moses, I speak with him mouth to mouth. This is what is being taught to the royalty of Solomon, to a person who is being raised up to reign in life, is what is taught to him is said, when you speak anointed words, we are speaking mouth to to mouth. That's personal. That's very personal. Mouth to mouth. If we want to reign in life, we will speak what God is speaking. And in order to speak what God is speaking, we're going to have to seek out his word. The same way, if if someone came to you and said, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you a cryptic poem. And in this poem is the path that will lead you to a treasure worth over a million dollars. How much time and energy would you put into that? I'm just gonna tell you, I I put a lot into that. I think, man, what could you do, you know? What he's saying to us is if you will seek and press into my word, as you would a priceless treasure, you will carry the treasure of the weight and the glory of God as you press into his word. When you speak anointed words, when you speak what God is speaking, you speak with him mouth to mouth, mouth to mouth you taste. The scripture says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How do we do that? By seeking, by asking, and by knocking, by pressing in. But see, the, the, the amazing thing is, is all of those thousands of people that went hunting for Finn's treasure, only one person found it. But what the scriptures teaches us as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, that every person who presses into God, he opens to all of them. The treasure isn't limited to one person. The treasure isn't just for for one to hoard up and to benefit one, but he opens the door to everyone who knocks. And his desire is that everyone would experience what it's like to taste the word of God. To have, I just want to ask you, have you had that mouth-to-mouth experience with God? It's not about just going through motions. Let me tell you, if 2020 taught us anything, it taught us going through motions isn't it. You've got to have that personal experience with God. It's got to be in you. It's got to be consumed. It has to be digested and become a part of who you are. This beautiful treasure that's been given to us. Because we ask, that's all it is, is just asking. So when you take all of that and you go back to 1 Corinthians, he says to us, but God now unveils these profound realities to us by the spirit. Yes, he has revealed to us his inmost heart and deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit who constantly explores all things. What that said to me is that the Holy Spirit is always a treasure hunter. And when you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, you're going a constant treasure hunt. Always. God shows you treasures everywhere. So this morning, I want to ask, if you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, that's the ultimate treasure. That's where it starts. See, that's not the end. That doesn't mean you stop there that is the beginning of the adventure. So if you've never made the personal decision, your personal choice, like we said before, it's an active choice. Some people, I I don't know that in our world today, there's certain parts and theologies and doctrinal teachings in Christianity that would say, well, if it's God's will, and if God wants me to have it, It's like God's like waiting with this great big train locomotive just to plow somebody over. If it's God's will, he'll run me over. That's really just not in line with doctrine from the Bible at all. The Bible teaches us to ask and to seek and to knock. To ask, to seek and to knock. It's a continuation. It's always, it's pressing. Um, There's in, uh, I think it's in Joshua, he's put out there, he says to choose this day who you will serve. That word this day means a perpetual choosing. It doesn't mean that it's a one-time thing. That means that you're gonna have to choose it over and over and over, moment by moment. When you're driving down I-25, by golly, that is a great time to choose over and over and over. Whom are you gonna serve? But it's our opportunity. So if you've never, in your choice, said I I want to answer the call when Jesus says come and follow me I want to say yes and it's my choice today I'm choosing to say yes I want to make Jesus my leader I want to invite him into my heart and I want I want to go where he's going and if you've never done that before today is your day to do that and I'm not gonna ask everybody to bow their heads and to close their eyes I understand that there's a time and a place for that but in a way that kind of puts off it sends a message that it's a secret and that maybe there might be something to hide or there might be something to maybe be ashamed of if you have to do that for the very first time. And if this is your first time doing that here in this house, we believe that it's to be celebrated and it's something that you don't do alone, that we all do it with you. And all of heaven rejoices when a person does that. So we like to have our eyes up and looking around because when we say we want to see miracles happen, that is the greatest miracle that will ever happen is a person being born again is the way the Bible describes it. So if you've never made that personal choice, that personal decision to activate, to ask, I invite you to do that right now this morning. And if that's you, just you don't have to pray in Elizabethan English. You don't have to sound like Mr. Ed when you pray. You just, you just pray and say, hey God, I wanna follow you. I wanna go where you're going and I wanna speak what you're speaking. And I want you to take me on this amazing treasure hunt. As it just starts with an ask. So if you're doing that for the very first time, just right where you're sitting, in your own words, in your own voice, say, Jesus, I choose to answer the question. Yes, I want to come and follow you. Jesus, I give you my heart. I give you my body. I give you my life. I give you all of me. Take it and let's start an adventure together. And if you're doing that for the first time or if you've done it before, what happens is an amazing thing. Is just exactly what the scripture said. Who can know the thoughts of a man except the spirit of a man? What happens when you invite Jesus to come into your life and you say yes to him, he gives you the greatest treasure is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell on the inside of a person who says yes to God and that holy spirit the scripture says to us it's the same spirit that raised jesus christ from the dead now comes to live in you can i give you the a plus b equals c on that no i can't it's faith but it's the greatest experience that you'll ever have when the holy spirit comes to dwell in you the explanation that we're giving in acts chapter one and chapter two that all the time that jesus was here when he was walking on the earth he said i'm here to demonstrate to you who is coming. But I can't stay here for forever because I have to go away so that I can send you the helper, the Holy Spirit, the one who will guide you into all truth, the one who will take you on the greatest treasure hunt and you're gonna keep on hunting. It's the Holy Spirit that when you read the Bible, that the word comes alive and you experience what it is to taste God's anointed words, to have that encounter, to have that experience with him, to speak with him face to face. It's the Holy Spirit that does that for us. So if you've never understood the role of the Holy Spirit, the active role of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life, I want to invite you to experience that this morning. If you have experienced the Holy Spirit in overflow in your life, if you've experienced His goodness in partnership with Him, then I ask you right now to begin praying. And if you pray in your holy language, if you pray in your prayer language, I'm going to ask you, if you would, to speak that out. Begin to whisper out your holy language right now because the Bible says that when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, the an evidence of that filling of the Holy Spirit is that we would pray with a heavenly language and what that heavenly language is, it is the exact, perfect, unadulterated, unfiltered heart of God. When you're in situations where you think, I don't know how to pray. Holy Spirit does. When you're in situations you say, I don't know what the Bible says about that Holy Spirit does. When you're in a place where you're loving on God so hard and so strong and you think I can't even put into words how glorious he is, the Holy Spirit can. So I want to ask if everyone, I want to invite you, if you this morning say, I want to actively engage the Holy Spirit in my life, either for the very first time, Or as a continuation, I want to ask you and invite you to stand just right where you're at, right now. We're going on a treasure hunt with the greatest guide that ever could be. Now for those of you who have the Holy Spirit activated in your life, I'm asking right now for you just to begin to pray in that beautiful heavenly gift that he gives to you. The greatest thing, though, is that in Acts, Jesus tells the disciples, I want you to go and I want you to wait for me because the Holy Spirit is coming. And when he comes, the way you're going to know it is you're going to be filled with power. Power. It's that power. It's that experience of God. It's the tasting him. It's the knowing him. It's the experiencing him. It's the taking him in. Your own personal encounter with him. And right now, Father, I ask in Jesus' name for everyone around the room. And I want to I ask you if you would be really brave. For some of you, this isn't a big deal for others. You're like, that's pretty big there, Lynette. If I were to say to you, I'm going to give you a gift, and it's the most beautiful gift, your expectation would be to put your hands out just like this. So I want to ask you, if you would this morning, if you're receiving, I invite you just to put your hands out just like this. As a sign to God, I'm coming, and I'm asking, and I'm seeking, and I'm knocking right now, God, and I'm asking you. Just show me your treasure. Let me experience your treasure this morning, God. Holy Spirit, just come and do what you do. Ask him with your hands out, with your heart open, just like we sang this morning. Fill me up to overflowing. Say that with your words. Father, fill me up to overflowing with your Holy Spirit. Let it flow from me. Let power flow from me. Let me taste your words. God, I'm asking and I'm seeking this morning to taste your goodness. If you've desired to have a tangible experience with God where you feel him, tell him that right now. Tell him, God, I want, I want, to, I want to experience you like I never have before. Pour out for me right now, God pour out for me Holy Spirit come and just do what you do God come and move in this room and love on people the way that you love on people and remember what I said before it's not just for the chosen it's not just for special people you are special people you are God's chosen and if you're standing right now It's because God is calling you and you're standing in expectation and God always, always answers. So right now, clear out. I feel like some of you need to clear out your expectation. Like if you feel like there's going to be fireworks going off in the room or there's going to be a great big boom, maybe there is on the inside of you. And that's wonderful. But maybe some of you just need peace. And God's going to pour out power and peace to you right now. But don't ask small. Don't ask small. Ask big. When you ask of God, he is a big God. So ask big. Father, pour out in this room pour out in this room. And for those of you who maybe are receiving the Holy Spirit for the very first time on the inside of you, you may be hearing words. I got to pray with a little boy one time. It was so precious. I prayed with him. He wanted to receive the Holy Spirit in fullness. And as I prayed with him, he looked at me with great big brown eyes and he said, pastor, there's somebody on the inside of me speaking German, but I don't speak German. And I said, that's so neat. That's the Holy Spirit. So just go ahead and say what you're hearing. It sounds like gibberish on the inside of you. Mine, I think sounds like a mixture between Chinese and American Indian. I don't know what tribe, but it's an unfamiliar sound. It's your heavenly language that becomes familiar as you give words to it. So let's be still for a moment. And if you desire that, partner with me right now partnering with the holy spirit for you and we're going to ask together father in jesus name for every person in here who has received your holy spirit you give without restriction the gift of praying in a beautiful heavenly language what the bible calls praying in tongues praying in the holy spirit and it is the tool that is given it is the only gift that is given for the edification and the building up of yourself in partnership with god so father for every person who desires that right now and if that is you i want to know who i'm praying for i'm going to ask you just to stick your hand up in the air yeah yes 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 yes, yes. okay so i want uh, everybody that has your hand up keep your hand up and those of you who have had your prayer language released i want you to look around and find somebody with their hand up there's hands back here in the back there's hands over here and there's several hands back over here and if you at home are uh, raising your hand right now just stretch your hand toward your phone or your screen whatever you're watching with there's a hand up in the media booth back there i need somebody to go to the media booth So if you have received that, and that's flowing in your life, I want you to go to a person who has their hands up right now. And I want you to just put your hands toward them in a church appropriate fashion. (sighs) And here's what I want you to do. We're gonna pray together for them. And as we pray, I want you to begin to pray in your heavenly language, because once they hear the language of that kingdom, oh, it just comes right out and it's super easy. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, these that are praying to receive right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, fill them up to overflowing, starting right here in their belly. It's gonna well up right here in your belly. And right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, it's bubbling up into their chest, and I pray that you would fill their chest with a beautiful, warm oil. And now it's coming up in your throat. Some of you, it's already coming out. It's already there. That's good. And now, right now, Use your tongue to give place to the words that God has put in your spirit and just speak it out. Begin to speak it out, speak it out. It's your choice and you take an active part. No more than anyone can make you yell out or anything like that. It's the same as you taking that active role in giving permission for Holy Spirit to speak through you. Come Holy Spirit, fill them up to overflowing with a beautiful heavenly language that only you can give. It's so beautiful and so personal. Thank you, Father. When it starts flowing out, I want you to stick your hand up in the air. Either those that are praying with you or the person who is receiving, there you go. When it's flowing out, stick your hand up in the air. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. How about back here? Yes, yes. What a beautiful miracle that is. Yes. Oh, that's so good back there. Yeah. Oh, isn't he fun? Keep pressing. Keep asking. Keep going. Don't stop. Those of you who have received now, you keep going and digging for those others that are in here receiving. And we speak right now that God loves you so much that he gives that beautiful gift to you because he loves you. Not anything that you've done and not because you're perfect and you've arrived at some magical place. (laughs) It's just because you ask and he loves you that much. He just is that good. Some of you are feeling like a really overwhelming feeling right now. You know what the glory that we talked about? It's the glory of Kings. To search out a matter, that weight that you feel, that warmth that you feel, that's God's glory. Because he knows you and he sees you. So he puts his glory and he shares it with those who are seeking after him. Oh, he loves that. It's a beautiful thing, huh? Thank you, God. God, I thank you for what you're doing and how you're moving in this room. And those of you that are receiving, I'm gonna ask you to continue to receive And um, I'm going to go ahead and we're just going to stay in this, in this place. So keep receiving. I'm going to say that next weekend, Trey Johnson will be here to minister to us and to continue. Keep receiving, keep receiving. If you want someone to come, if you don't have somebody praying with you and you want someone to come and pray with you right now, can you just stick your hand up in your air right where you're at? Is there anybody that wants someone to come to them to pray with them? There's a hand back here. If I could please have some of our prayer team or Tracy uh, go back there, Kirsty and CW. Is there anyone else who wants someone to come to them to pray with them for for anything right now? There's just some beautiful receiving going on in here. So we're going to stay in that in that place. Join us next weekend for Trey. Our prayer team will be up here. They're throughout the auditorium right now. If you want someone to come and pray with you, you can come up here. Or I'm also going to say you can stay seated and maybe somebody from our prayer team can come to you if you feel that and you want them to come to you Raise, Yeah, let's celebrate what God's doing in here. Come on, Kyle. Yeah um is there any what else do i uh we we don't pass a plate or a hat here we just part of your worship to god is what you do with your finances and tithes and offerings with him so if you want to continue your worship with him and giving today we can do that online or you can do that back here at the uh, table as you exit there's envelopes there for you our prayer team is here to pray for you to love on you to help you to know what the word of god says for your situation or to help you partner with what god is saying over your situation um uh, we uh we are right now darren and i on table talk on wednesday nights at 6 p.m on facebook live we're talking about the holy spirit where our whole thing that we're doing right now is adventures with holy spirit and so you can tune in to facebook live on the church page and We just talk, we sit at our kitchen counter, and there's people from all over the United States that join us at the table. So we invite you to join that conversation. It's lots of fun. Um, Am I forgetting anything? I think that's good. So for all of those of you that are joining us online, we stretch our hands toward you right now we pray for an outpouring of holy spirit where you're watching from whether you're watching live or whether you're watching at another time we pray for holy spirit to pour in on you where you're at and to flow out of you in power in jesus name all of you that received all of you that participated and took an active role this morning i declare in the name of jesus that you are sons and daughters of revival you are sons and daughters of fire And for those of you that are here and you're spectating and you're checking this out, keep spectating. Keep coming back. We welcome you. We love for you to come and check it out. And you come and sit here for as long as it takes. And if you have questions, come and ask. We love having you here and we welcome you here in our home. You guys have a great rest of your day. Come up and get prayer if you need prayer. We're going to have a baby dedication as soon as we're all done in here. And you're welcome to stay and be witness
1: to that as well. So we love you all. Have a most beautiful day and we'll see you next week.